You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the Packernet show that is run by the listeners, the callers, the people that have more interesting things that they want to talk about, which, again, takes a ton of pressure off me. I don't have to research anything. I don't have to think about what, do I, what should I talk about today. You got to figure that one out. So let's see what you came up with today, shall we? This one here is a full three minutes at three o'clock in the morning with no transcription. So hopefully this works. Hi, Ryan. How you doing? It does. From I'm up good. in Alaska. Again. Hey. Hi to Packer Nation. Just want to make sure I'm saying to everybody that we're going to have a good year this year. Um, sitting here currently watching, because I had the desire to see it, uh, the 94 Packer playoff game against the Detroit Lions. Where the Green Bay Packer Green Bay Packer defense held Barry Sanders to negative one yard rushing, the best defensive performance in a single game ever. If you look into the fact that it's Barry Sanders yeah. that we held to negative one yard rushing. Uh, but my thing here is I'm calling in a question to you, but kind of a poll. I would. Kind of sort of say to a small degree to the rest of the callers, uh, what is your, or I'm just not what is, but who is your favorite non-essential player? In other words, a a, a guy who is a, a second guy on 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 the on the list of you know any particular position. You know, he's not the number one corner. He's the number two corner. He's not the number one running back. He's number two. He's not the, you know, number one wide receiver. He's number two. Yeah. That guy that at a time when the, you know, because let's be honest, the Packers have been great for 30-plus years now. We've had a really long run of being great. Who are some of those players that other people out there, including yourself, Ryan, that you look at and say, man, he wasn't the guy, but, man, he was a heck of a guy. Um, and and my my particular one is Edgar Bennett because he was yeah. never our number one running back during those that 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 nineties period of time. But man, what a number two! You know, if you if you got a if you got a, a top guy out there and you can say he's your number two back, that was awesome, man. He, he was a mutter. He, he you put him in a dirty muddy game when it was raining and and just garbage on the field, man, Edgar Bennett just beat people up. Catch the ball, amazing, amazing pass catcher out of the backfield, and he was a heck of a blocker, just a heck of a blocker. Um, but I'd like to know what you think, Ryan, about 
who out there is a amazing number two guy in the position that you remember where we had somebody outstanding and then this number two guy was really good. And and then the rest of the, you know, the Packer faithful out there to see what they all think. Um, but other than that, guys, ready for a, a, a great week one, man. Go Pack. Let's take down them Vikes, man. Talk to you later. Bye. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to find that uh, Barry Sanders thing. Are you sure you don't mean David Craig or Krieg or something? He had negative one yards in 1994. But um, Sanders had 15 carries, 47 yards. So I don't know, whatever. Um, either way, 15 carries, 47 yards is still impressive against Sanders. The other game against uh, him, he had like 188 yards. So I don't think that's the one you're talking about. <laughs> um. I mean, again, I'm I'm not the best with historical stuff. I am, as I've mentioned before, a Robert Brooks fan. I think you can go through a lot of wide receivers in Packers history. Brooks would be one of my favorites. Right now, I mean, A.J. Dillon immediately comes to mind. Um, man, I mean, you just think defensive tackles. I mean, Kenny Clark to um, Mike Daniels back in the day when that was a heck of a duo. I mean, just, just thinking recently, you know, you think about um Greg Jennings when um you know Jordy was sort of that number one back in like 2011 what a great number two that I mean we can pretty much go down the line for several years you know look at uh Devante in 2016 when Devante had 1200 yards Jordy had 1300 yards what the heck is that I mean even our number three Randall Cobb had 870 yards and 77 touchdowns you know, Randall had a turn being the number two back in 2014, and he had 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns. James Jones had a turn being the number two. I mean, just down the line, everybody, even Jordy, I'm sure at one point was a number two or three or whatever and was fantastic at it. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, again, defensive tackles. I know we've had some good duos there, corners. I mean, if, if you're asking me to pick a guy, it's got to be one of these wide receivers. Um, I mean, statistically, it's hard to beat what what did I say, 2016, what Devontae did in 2016? I mean, that's ridiculous. 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns. So that's what I'll go with. Uh, Craig. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Uh, first question, I was just curious where in Indiana your father's uh, ministry was. Uh, I definitely plan on donating to that. Yeah, thank you. Um, it is in Nashville, Indiana. It's, if you know... I'm sure you do, but um, Columbus, if you just head straight west, it's out in the boonies out there somewhere. Second question, uh, who's our backup punter and kicker? And also, heaven forbid, if we had a game where both Rodgers and um, Love would get injured, who do you think the third quarterback would be? Uh, I think that's it for now. I got a couple other questions, but I'll I'll call some other time with those. Take care. Thanks. Um so we do I'm sure have a backup punter, but we don't know who it is. <laughs> uh Pat O'Donnell is the only punter we have on the roster. Um I'm sure they've got a list of guys that they would want to call if something went south, but I don't know who that would be. Um if he were to go down in the middle of a game, I would assume it would be Mason that would just have to figure it out, assuming Mason's the guy that's out there. Um, similarly with backup kicker, 
because um, I'm assuming this is this is your question, right? In the middle of a game, because obviously you, I'm assuming you know who our number three quarterback is. Um, I would think Pat O'Donnell would be would be trying if uh, let's say Mason went down and uh, Ramiz or what. What we're only going to have one kicker there for the game, so if they go down in the game, I would assume it's Pat O'Donnell would take that. Um, it is kind of an interesting thing to think what happens if let's just say they both go down. You know, I don't know. They're on the sideline. They're high fiving each other and sparks fly i don't know it's something happened i wonder who would (laughs) who would have to i mean first of all we we probably just wouldn't be punting very much to be honest i maybe we got a guy that's got a leg on here somewhere there's probably somebody on the team that's kicked something at some point in their life played soccer or something um but i would think we just try not to punt or kick field especially field goals field goals it would be just because if you're in field goal range you're kind of in four down territory range so we'd probably go for it. Punting, though, is where it gets iffy. If you're on your own five-yard line, I don't think you go for it. I think you, you give it a shot. Um, as for the quarterback, Rodgers goes down, Love comes in, Love gets hurt. Danny Etling probably not going to be there and available. Um, the only guy I know of that played quarterback previously was Randall Cobb. There had been some kind of joking around about that in the past as far as him maybe doing some trickery or if things went south, he was sort of the next man up at quarterback. So I don't know if that's still actually a thing that would happen if those two guys went down, but that's the only thing I could I could think of as an answer is that Randall Cobb would um, have to step into that role. And actually, I'm not positive that the property for Fertile Ground Ranch is in the town of Nashville. That's where their home is. The uh, property that they bought for this is a little east of there. It may still be Nashville. I'm not entirely sure, but... Um, Anyways, that's that's the general area. And again, thank you for the support. What's going on, Rye Bread? Hey. Um, this is Aaron. I just figured I'd give you a call because I've had a question for a while. Um, but if the result of drafting Jordan Love, I'm not saying that he's not going to be the future or he is going to be the future, either way. If, the only, if what we get out of Jordan Love is a few years of MVP play from Aaron Rodgers, is it worth it? because he was on the decline before that, and it seemed to have lit a spark in him. So would it be worth it if that's all we get out of the first-round pick of Jordan Love? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, thanks, Aaron. So a couple things. First of all, I'm I'm on record saying I don't necessarily think that's the case. It may be. That may be, or, or maybe it, it helped a little bit. Um, I would more so attribute his quality of play to Matt LaFleur and this new offensive system, which is much more quarterback friendly and is is just kind of the way NFL offenses are playing today, right? Um, You're already seeing better play from Justin Fields as a result of just changing the scheme to what this is. Um, You know, again, um, Jared Goff was a terrible quarterback. And then uh, Sean McVay shows up. He brings in this style of offense. Suddenly, Jared Goff is a very competent quarterback. That declined over time. But um, anyways, that's just sort of... I know this is hypothetical. I'm just saying that's sort of my my thought is I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, Secondly, did you call me rye bread? (laughs) A lot of people call me that when I was little. Not that unusual, I guess. The really weird thing, though, is that we have a daughter named Riley, and so she's starting to pick up on some of those similar names because everything was a derivative of Rye, and a lot of times I was just called Rye. And my wife always calls my daughter Rye, and so every time she says Rye, I, for whatever reason, I hear Rye, and I'm like, what? 
Fortunately, she won't have the nickname of like Rye Guy because, you know, she's not a guy. I should call her Rye Bread, see what she thinks. It's not, it seems weird because it's like that feels like that's my name. Call my daughter Rye Bread. Like that's, that's what you call a dude because that's my name and that's what they call me. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, but would it be worth it if that's all we got out of them? I think the answer to the question is yes. I, I, I don't know how you quantify it necessarily. Sorry for the lions roaring. I live in a zoo. Um, but if you take the increase in talent, as you said, look, look at where he was in 2018. Not a super fantastic quarterback at all. Fine. I mean, better than your average subpar quarterback, but not great. The difference in the quality of the team overall as a result of the increase in Aaron Rodgers' performance, I don't think there's a single player you can get first round or any round that can bring that same level of increase to a team. Now, there were more things that happened that brought the overall talent of the team up. We added pass rushers like Zadarius and Preston and Gary. We added um, Jair. We added that, 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 that. And Devontae's continued to increase year after year after year, even since that time. Continued to continue to continue to get better. So, I, obviously, we can't attribute all of the success of the team to Aaron Rodgers getting better. But still, I don't think we can look at the last several years and say that we would be anywhere near as good if Aaron Rodgers was playing at 2018 levels. If the overall offense was anything like what we saw in 2018 with just missed passes and just the frustration and the, the confusion of and just the dysfunction. So I don't even necessarily think it's debatable. I mean, who, who would you put here? You can have Jordan Love sitting on the bench and MVP Rodgers or 2018 Rodgers and fill-in-the-blank pick from that draft. And it gets even worse if you allow, if you, if you tell people they have to go back and pick the guy that they really liked at the time, like Patrick Queen. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine this team if we had 2018 Rodgers and Patrick Queen as our linebacker instead of the guys we have? Because, you know, we drafted Patrick Queen and maybe this year's the year. We don't want to get a new guy. Yikes. Jeff Gladney's not a great situation. Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh boy, we could have got that running back. And then, you know, not A.J. Dillon. There's always T. Higgins. Oh, boy, good old T. Higgins. Greatest wide receiver in the history of the world. Or Michael Pittman or DeAndre Swift. Yatur Gross Matos, the pass rusher. A lot of people were excited. Oh, Ross Blacklock. Oh, my goodness. I did. There's, oh. There was so much, so much love for Blacklock. I don't know what it was about especially Packers draft Twitter, which is like the people that are like super into it, you know, the Packers draft experts. Oh, Blacklock was just the guy. Have you heard his name? I'm not going to bother to look it up because I am pretty sure it's unimpressive because I have not heard his name once since the draft. But uh, yeah, we, we could have drafted a Packer fan favorite, Ross Blacklock or Patrick Queen. How about LaVisca Chenault? Oh, he was a popular one. Could have had my guy, my pick, KJ Hamler. Who is that guy doing some stuff over there in Denver Broncos country? Chase Claypool, AJ Epinesa. That was like the greatest pick in the history of the world when the Buffalo Bills got that guy. Oh my goodness. There is Raekwon Davis, who was like my favorite guy of all time, who's actually doing a pretty good job in Miami. But would I take that over? Would I take Raekwon Davis and 2018 Rodgers over what we have? No. 
Denzel Mims, real popular Packers guy, Denzel Mims. He's on the trading block. We can go get him right now, in fact. We can have our cake and eat it, too. Go get Denzel Mims right now. He's begging for a trade. I'm sure he'd love to come to Green Bay. Had a big preseason. Why not? Just go pick him up. We'll complicate things even more. Who else was really popular? We're kind of getting into the round three, but just trying to find those names that Packer fans loved. But yeah, I mean, in, in terms of like actual real good players, I think you're looking at Higgins, um, Jonathan Taylor, for sure. I don't know that he was on too many people's radar. I'm sure some Packer fans, because he's a he's a Badger and all that, were, would have been real high on him. And I wouldn't complain about Jonathan Taylor, obviously. But you also have to remember, as good as Jonathan Taylor is, I don't think he's quite as good as he's made out to be because of volume. Don't get me wrong, he's, he's incredible. One of the better running backs in football, but don't attribute too much to his volume, his overall yards and touchdowns, because a lot of that is volume. But again, I don't, I don't agree with the premise that that is what happened, although that could be a small part of it and kind of making him to, you know, want to maybe take it a little bit more seriously and prove that, you know, because it, imagine you're Aaron Rodgers. And legacy matters to you, and but you've kind of grown tired, right? You don't like Mike McCarthy. You've kind of grown tired of this team. Things are going downhill. The locker room's falling apart, and you've kind of stopped caring. And the Packers are like, all right, maybe it's time to move on. We're going to restart this whole thing, and maybe we're going to kind of move on without Aaron Rodgers too. You don't want to go out that way. You don't want to go out with everybody saying that was a good decision because he was kind of a bum. So I could see kind of him rededicating himself a little bit and kind of maybe putting a little bit of extra oomph into his preparation and whatnot, you know, but I don't think that was the majority of what happened. So um, why don't we take a break here? If you'd like to call into the show, 608-501-0718. If you're interested in uh, supporting the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you're interested in supporting a uh, my dad's ministry, it is Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, again, helping out people that are down on their luck, struggling. Um, I don't want to say it's strictly a prison ministry or for people that, you know, getting out of prison, but that's um, kind of a big focus right now, but helping people out that uh, that need it. So you can find links to that pinned to the top of my Twitter as well as pinned to the top of the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. So I hope you'll, uh, hope you'll help out. It's, it is for a very, very good cause. And again, this is a long time coming. My dad has been working on this for like 17 years and just bought the property this year to to get started. So it's a big deal. Anyways, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and I got a question for you, Ryan. Why is it every time the Bears decide they want to compare somebody, they take one of their starters and they compare it against our backups? I tell you what, I got a, I got a, man, you are catching me at a time here. And I know because you and I are kind of doing battle together right now, but I am having so much fun with Bears fans. I have just all day, all day. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish. I'm, this is gonna take a while. This is gonna take a while. You know, it's getting me so upset. Those those Popeyes, they got it right. I've got a little nursery rhyme before I say goodbye. Hickory <laughs> dockery dick. Justin Fields was a terrible pick. Oh yeah, their franchise is based on luck. That's why the Bears still suck. All right, so here's the situation, man. Um, oh, boy. Look, the the whole thing, a lot of people are, are talking about how I'm constantly obsessed with fields, and that's that's true. And I just explained this to a Bears fan, as I've explained it before. The, the entire reason, the only reason I'm obsessed with fields is because people took it too far. Bears fans would not shut up about Fields. They wouldn't stop, but it was more than that. It was everybody assumed that he was going to be the greatest thing in the world. You didn't hear about Trevor Lawrence, who was one of the greatest whatever to come out of college. It was all about Fields. Fields, 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 Fields. It's all you would talk, and the Bears fans would not shut up about his training camp, about everything else. It was so good. Oh, my goodness. And so I smashed it down their throat as much as, and as often as I possibly could, because it brought me so much joy to throw all that garbage that they threw in our face back in their face, especially since it's so undeserved. Look, if if Vikings fans want to shove Justin Jefferson down my throat, I have no choice but to accept it. He's awesome. That's it. He's really good. I'm trying to... I, I know I talk about him a lot. There's not a lot of other good players in the NFC North, <laughs> I don't, you know... Literally, I, I can't um, can't really think of it. But he, even other Bears players, Darnell Mooney, they, they, they take Mooney too far, but at least he's a good player, and it's like, all right, you're being a little stupid. But yeah, no, he's, he's good, man. He's, he's for sure good. You should probably chill out a little bit because he's nowhere near as good as you think he is, but he's not that good. But yeah, I, fine. Mooney's good, for sure. Montgomery, again, that was my guy. That was my dude. That was my favorite running back in the class. Why would I try? Yeah, I think he's good. 
The field stuff was out of control, and then they wouldn't let it go. And the fact of the matter is he ended the year as one of the worst quarterbacks in all of football, and they've somehow picked the steam back up. Right By the end of the season, you are actually getting Bears fans starting to say, you know what, this is a problem. This guy's not good. Something is wrong. And during the offseason, they convinced themselves that it was all the coach's fault and it was all his fault. And now that he's gone, and, and it's gone from that to what we have now. And, and they are more hyped up about fields after, a, after one terrible year than they were before they knew he was going to have a terrible year. He could have been an elite quarterback right out of college. We've seen one year of him being trash. And so you would think it would take a little bit off, right? We, we can kind of rev this thing back up a little bit, but we can't get all the way there because I'm a little nervous. No, they, they are 1 billion percent all in. And I have never, I don't think I've ever seen a fan base more obnoxious than the Bears right now. They went 3-0 and in the preseason, and Justin Fields, he, look, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the whole game. I saw a couple passes. I'm not going to nitpick it, although I'll be honest, I didn't see any super amazing passes, but... I mean, he, you can't statistically get much better than what he did. He had like a 92 overall grade. It, it, it was as perfect as you could possibly get. But they have lost their freaking minds. Everybody, and everybody's feeding this beast. And it's so bad right now that you actually have, this exchange is blowing my mind. Dan Arlovsky is a big Justin Fields fan. And Bears fans are trying to pull receipts on him and proving that he actually was a Justin Fields hater by pulling up some tweet where he had him like on a lower tier, which really was a tier showing that he had the worst situation. Not that he's a bad quarterback, but this is the thing. They're pulling receipts right now. Fields hasn't done anything yet. But here they're on social media right now finding everybody that said Fields was a bad quarterback. They're out there pulling receipts, and they're saying, oh, what now? What now? Even guys that weren't against Fields, like Arlovsky, who's been a Fields fan this whole time, apparently. I don't know. They're, they're actually out there for blood trying to pull receipts as though it's already a done deal that he's a great quarterback. The season hasn't started yet. They played against the Browns, who pulled their starters. Well, not all their starters. It was a mix. It was a mix. It was a mix of guys they don't give a crap about playing and the guys they do give a crap about not playing. So let's play a little game. Miles Garrett, do you think he played or didn't play? He didn't play. Jadavian Clowney, who's not even that valuable of a football player, but, you know, kind of valuable. Do you think he played? Nope, they pulled him. Denzel Ward, their corner. All the corners that would be actually good at stopping these guys. Do you think they played? Nope. Did Greg Newsom play? No. Greedy Williams played for 10 snaps, but that dude's not good at football. So how about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the, the star linebacker? Did he play? Nope. They pulled him. They didn't want him out there. Their 2021 second round pick linebacker is too valuable to worry about the Chicago Bears. So congratulations on being able to carve up Martin Emerson, Sean Jolly, Herb Miller, Lavert Hill at corner for blocking Curtis Weaver and Isaiah Thomas. By the way, Alex Wright, the guy that I was a big fan of and everything, he uh, he actually graded out quite well. Had a pressure in this game, just saying. Seven pass rush reps, had a pressure. So how's he doing, by the way? But, I mean, and listen, I'm not... Oh, you know what? Jeremiah did play. My bad. <laughs> I don't know how I missed him. Okay. I'm I'm not coming out and attacking Fields for that because that's whatever. He, he had a good game. That's it. But to go so far as to pull receipts as though, guess what, idiots, you were all wrong. Fields is the real deal. 
Bro, what are you talking about? Fields was elite, as I said, in this game. No question about it. He wasn't the only one, though. Sam Ellinger had an elite grade. Anthony Brown of Baltimore had an elite grade. That dude was 15 of 19 for 256 yards. He threw for 256 yards on 15 completions and a touchdown. How about Jake Browning? Cincinnati had a 92 overall grade. Again, Fields was great. 14 of 16 is 87% completion rate. That's awesome. I mean, Chase Daniel had a 90.9% completion rate, and he threw for a bunch of yards, which is awesome. I mean, it was about the same number of yards as as, uh, Jordan threw, and Shane Bouchelle threw for 10 more yards on um, three less completions. Drew Locke, Jake Browning, Brock Purdy, Desmond Ritter, E.J. Perry, Anthony Brown, Sam Howell all threw for more yards. Again, kudos for having an awesome day. Really. Awesome day. Last week, Case Keenum, 16 of 18 for 192 yards and a touchdown, had a higher grade. Case Keenum. Kudos to Case Keenum for having a great day. Desmond Ritter. By the way, you know who did this last year? Trevor Lawrence did. Trevor Lawrence had an elite grade. How did that work out? So, listen, there's a reason I didn't jump all over this, like, oh, stupid Bears fan, it doesn't mean anything, Justin Fields is stupid, I didn't do that because he earned it. Congratulations, he had a good day. I'm going to let him enjoy it and all that stuff. But this is crazy. You don't get to pull receipts yet, dude. You don't get to do that. You can celebrate it. You can say that was awesome. He had a great day. Hopefully, we can see more of this in the regular season. That's the right take. But to be so arrogant and, and to try to dunk on Packers fans as though we don't have a better quarterback, <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? And they're so determined to make sure that we don't let go of J- Jordan Love. Like, that's who they want to fight is Jordan Love. And we're like, well, I mean, that's not our starting quarterback. Oh, 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 what about Jordan Love? Well, um, I thought he had a pretty good preseason, but kind of moving on to the regular season now. And Aaron Rodgers are starting, oh, 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 you wanted to talk about Jordan Love. Right. In the preseason, we talked about Jordan Love. But it's time to move on to the regular season. And I know you don't want to do that. Because you don't get to go 3-0 and and have a 92 overall grade for your quarterback in the regular season. I know that you know for a fact that's not going to happen anymore. In fantasy lands going bye-bye, and you don't want that to happen. I get it. But Packer fans will move on. That's just going to happen. It's not just Jordan Love, right? There's a lot of guys we're getting all hyped up about. Chris Slayton, Slayton with a Y, right? Showing highlight videos of that guy. You think anybody gives two craps about Chris Slayton anymore? No offense, Chris, if you're listening. I know you're not, but... If anyone were to tell you, we love you. Hope hope the best for you and all. Week five, zero people will be talking about Chris Slayton, nor will they be talking about Jordan Love or Ishmael Hyman or, sadly, Dexter Williams. It's not preseason anymore. (laughs) I know you want us to dwell. That's the other funny thing about Bears fans right now. They say, oh, you guys are obsessed with Jordan Love. You're obsessed with Jordan Love. You're obsessed with Jordan Love. But at the same time, Oh, now you're trying to walk it back. You don't want to talk about Jordan Love anymore. You don't want to talk about Jordan Love. Which one is it? Are we obsessed or we just not want to talk about him anymore? Some of these Twitter fights are so stupid. First of all, rent-free has never been a good comeback, ever. I know everybody's used it, so I'm attacking everybody. I've literally never used it. I'm sure somebody's going to check on Twitter. I'm pretty sure I've never used it because it's so stupid. Go ahead and check. It's so stupid because it's used anytime somebody responds to anything rather than responding to the response. Wow, bro, rent-free. Well, wow, rent free. Yeah. Do you have anything of substance to say to what I said or not? Because it sounds like not is the answer to the question. The fact of the matter is, 
the Chicago Bears are going to be playing the San Francisco 49ers, and they're not going to be going up against scrubs. They're going to have the pleasure of going up against one of the best, if not the best, pass rushers in all of football. And this wonderful, amazing offensive line that they cannot stop bragging about. Tevin Jenkins, that they cannot stop bragging about. They they genuinely believe they have one of the better premier offensive lines in football right now. There are so many highlights of Bears fans all over Twitter talking about how amazing their offensive line is, how amazing Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney and, and, and Montgomery are, and Cole Komet. They, they, again, they believe right now they have a top 10 quarterback, top 10 offensive line, top 10 wide receiver, top 10 tight end, top 10 running back. They should absolutely annihilate the 49ers. I can't help but think they're in for a massively rude awakening because everything that we've seen up to this point is fake. The... the, the the whole point of preseason, I, I keep saying this, like I, I I had to go look up if we won a preseason game because I literally didn't know. I, I didn't know. I knew we lost at least one. I had no idea. I didn't remember if we lost last week. I didn't know. I didn't know the score. I didn't pay attention because it's irrelevant. The only thing we're paying attention to is to second and third stringers and how they perform and how that's going to kind of work out in terms of whether or not they're going to make the back end of the roster. But how well the team performs means nothing. Because it's entirely backups. And we've looked at our defense like, well, the defense has been quite bad. But hopefully we still have this elite top five defense because none of our starters played. In other words, week one, all the teams that we watched in the preseason are gone. None of those teams exist anymore. And we could talk about, well, for for a couple drives they did. Mm, Kind of, kind of not. First of all, nobody played all of their starters. I'm pretty sure nobody had all that. Maybe a couple offenses because you got your, you know, you put your quarterback out, you got your offensive line and whatnot, but defenses, I don't know. Even still, everything's vanilla. Nobody's actually running out their best stuff. You're evaluating players. The main point of this is getting your backups out there and seeing what they can do with it. If, if, oh, jeez. I didn't learn a single thing about the Packers and how good they're going to be in the regular season, with the exception maybe of special teams, but that's only, again, assuming that a portion of those guys are actually going to be taking a prominent role in the regular season, and I don't know that. The only thing I know is how well the starters performed, and I didn't see hardly any. And even that, I don't know how they're going to perform because it's it's freaking preseason. And after week one, guess what? I'm still not going to know how well our team is going to perform or how individual players are going to perform because sometimes players have good days, sometimes they have bad days, and so that doesn't really mean anything. And we won't know until the end of the season to kind of go back and look at it. And even then, there's not going to be like a, 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 a overall grade. It's going to be like, well, he kind of sucked to start the year, but then he got better, and then he kind of had, got injured for a, a week there, and then he came back and he struggled after injury, but then he came back strong for the play. You know what I mean? It, there, there is no like one narrative for any one player. Every player is its own roller coaster, and how that all kind of comes together on a week to week basis is so unique. So the fact that the Bears are tr- Bears fans are trying to pretend that what they saw in the preseason has any bearing on what their team is going to be in the regular season is is actually insane. It's actually insane. So they're they're super jacked up. I've I've never seen anything like it ever, 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 in my life. Never seen anything like this. So um, I can't wait for week two, or well, yeah, week two especially, but week one. And I'll, I'll tell you what: if Trey Lance botches this and they lose the game, I'm not going to be happy about that at all. But um, I I can't wait. I cannot wait for the season to start and for things to not exactly go as they expected. Um, because, I mean, and it wasn't even that long ago that they were accepting things. They accepted they didn't have good wide receivers. And then suddenly Darnell Mooney's top 10. And not only that, man, they're bragging about how good the heck are they? I don't even remember their names. I know they were bragging about Daz at one point. He got cut. 
Um, Equinemius. Oh, did, did you hear all the talk about Equinemius? About how he was really flashing on the Packers roster, and he was there were some really good things there. Um, Valus Jones bragging about him, not just as a punt returner or a kick returner, punt returner. Dante Pettis is the big winner this this week. He's oh man, he's something special. Uh, Tajay Sharp, I think, was week one. That was the big like he's he's really really and he he did he had like an elite grade just like Fields had an elite grade this week. Elite grade Sharp had completely disappeared after that. Who who was the week two star? I don't even remember. But oh man, they're, they're so excited about everybody. Tevin Jenkins was like a, a third string guy. Suddenly he's one of the greatest guards in football. There, I, I can't go three seconds on Twitter without seeing a highlight of him pancaking somebody. Riley Reef was going to be the, the salvation of, of everything, and I don't even know if he's going to win the job over like Braxton Jones, who's a rookie fifth-round pick. By the way, their left tackle is a rookie fifth-round pick. That's who's going to stop Bosa in two weeks. Wow. Cody Whitehair. Lucas Patrick, who I think might still be injured. That's, that's, that's one of the, 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 the top guys. They'll even tell you that. One of the top guys on their offensive line is Lucas Patrick, who was a backup for the Packers for years. I don't have anything against Lucas Patrick. He's a fine football player. He's got familiarity with the style of offense that they're running. But, I mean, if that's one of your top offensive linemen, that kind of sucks. And Cole Komet, he's going to be faced up against one of the best linebackers in football. Best of luck to that guy. I'm sorry. This, this, is, uh, this is not going to go well. And this Bears defense that they're excited about, I don't know much about you know how the, the 49ers are going to be able to operate behind Trey Lance, who's not very good. But I'll tell you this, that's a very creative offensive play caller. This is a team that runs the ball extremely well. This is maybe the best tight end in all of football with one of the best wide receivers in all of football. And by the way, Brandon Ayuk ain't half bad. And you're telling me these garbage DBs in Chicago are going to stop them? What, because your rookie's going to be something special? What are you going to do? Dude, if things aren't working, they'll just line Debo Samuel in the backfield and just crush you that way. What are you going to be able to do? And it's, and it's going to be at home, too, which, I mean, that's obviously that's going to work in your favor. That's to your benefit. Congratulations. But it's also going to suck a little bit worse if you lose at home, isn't it? If you get embarrassed, if Justin Fields is embarrassed in front of your home crowd in Chicago, stadium packed with about 11,000 people, how do you think that's going to go? What do you think is honestly going to happen? You guys have, have convinced your, I mean, you, you talk about living in a bubble. You guys live in such an unbelievable bubble. We're not allowed to live in a bubble because we have so much outside influence of people coming in and, and with their opinions all the time, talking about our wide receivers, talking about Aaron Rodgers for some random reason. Everybody's got comments about Jordan Love. People love to come into our stuff and tell us things all the time. That's why the Packer fans are always fighting everybody all the time because there's always people in our business. We're not allowed to have our own little bubbles. You guys must have a heck of a bubble over there in Chicago. I don't know how you, how you do it. I don't know how you keep the outside noise out. Or, or maybe it's just a little bit brother syndrome with everybody pumping you up because I, I do see a lot of stuff, man. The, the video's coming out about Fields, and, and again, makes sense. He had a good week. I mean, it's easy to put together a great video of how great he played because he played fine. But hyping him up, hyping the offensive line up, hyping Darnell Mooney up, I mean, everybody's getting you whipped up. Ah. I'm, I'm, see, and, and this, this is maybe what's going to make me sound like a really bad Packer fan here. I'm more excited about this Bears game than I am the Packer. I'm nervous about the Packer game. I'm just scared. I'm worried about the Vikings. You know, they got a good football team. I'm scared of their offense. I, I, I have no problem admitting that. I'm scared of the, I'm always scared of the Vikings every year. Scared of the Lions too. Scared of every week. It's so stressful. I'm stressed. If we could have a week one bye, I would take it. I'm excited about week one Bears. 
They might win, and that sucks. But you know what? Worst case scenario, the 49ers get embarrassed by the Chicago Bears. Aw, shucks. And Trey Lance looks like garbage. I'll take it. I hate the 49ers as much as I hate the Bears. But in this case, I want it to be a bloodbath. I want it to be so bad. And again, and this is what I'm trying to explain to people on Twitter right now, which I got to stay off there because I'm spending way too much time interacting with people that are just not even trying to be serious. I mean, they are, but it certainly doesn't seem like they are. Anyways, I, I got I to gotta get off this. Let's, uh, let's move on here. Hello, Ryan. It's the Riddler. <laughs> oh, here we go. Riddle me this, Ryan. Is it too soon to say fire Coach Rich? Special team stuck. Riddler <laughs> out. It's too soon, man. I, and I know some people aren't accepting this. JJ's not accepting it. A lot sounds like ninety percent of the fan base is not accepting it, but I don't know who our starters are now. Granted, it's mostly the same starters we had last year, but let's give Rich a chance to work with our actual core group of special teamers and see what happens. Right, punting at least doesn't look super horrible yet. And I, let me, let me put it this way: if we can get good kicking operations, which is snapping, holding, kicking for for the for the actual kicking as well as kickoffs and punting, like all that stuff taken care of as well as the returns, if they can just catch it, you know, catch it and don't drop it. I don't know, man. That's that's not a bad that's not a bad deal. I mean, all we're really conceding is is field position, which isn't great, but you know, we don't really return it very far. And obviously they're gonna get a couple of uh, a couple of decent returns. Sometimes sometimes it happens, you know. I, I at this point I'll take it and I, and I'll give Rich a, a hearty handshake. But no, I don't want to fire him. Um Let's just see what the regular season brings. That's all I'm going to say. Again, I'm I'm more than comfortable right now blaming all those missed tackles and everything on guys that got cut. I don't know if that's true, but let's just say it is. All right, that big return, there was three guys that didn't get him. Yeah, well, they, they're about to get cut, so don't worry about it. We don't have to worry about them anymore, so not a big deal. Anyways, let's, uh, let's close this thing out. Brian! Brian! Have you seen the Riddler? I can't find him anywhere. That's it. That's how, that's how we're ending it. Um, I don't know enough about... That's Batman, right? I think that's Batman. I don't know enough about Batman to know exactly what's going on, but um, he was just here, Batman. He was just here. I hope that's Batman. That's It, it is, right? Batman and Robin? Yeah. It's not Superman or Spider-Man, obviously. It's got to be Batman. But I got to get out of here. You guys have yourselves a wonderful and glorious day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.